You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. What's up, folks? Out of all the artists, this is one that I'm super excited to talk about. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, one of the most unsung heroes of country music that you'll ever, well, of music in general, I think. Yeah, and like, honestly, I didn't realize how big of a Democrat he was. Yeah, he's a big liberal. Like, I, I really <laughs> did not know that he was that full-blown. I mean, like. I was wondering. We probably wouldn't have got along. Yeah. You know? Probably not. And I love his music. Yeah. And I found some really cool stuff out about him. Mm-hmm. But before we dive in, I'm going to go ahead and kick off one of my favorites, Long Monday. This is John Prine, folks, on this week's Country Music Podcast. You and me, sitting in the back of my memory, like a honeybee. Buzzing round a glass of sweet Chablis. The radio's on, the windows rolled up, and my mind's rolled down. Headlights shining like silver moons rolling on the ground. We made love, and everywhere love can be made. And we made time, look like time could never fade. Friday night, we both made That is Long Monday by Mr. John Prime. And it's been one of those. I'm it has. I mean, good Lord, what a Monday it's been. <laughs> like, I had one of those Mondays where, like, I had, I don't know, probably six things to do, including three school events. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had a child change schools, and then the other one that they're in a band competition, and they're looking at possibly going to Orlando, Florida to march in front of uh, Disney World. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. We just got to figure out how we can get $50,000. I know, you know one way. How? The old-fashioned way. Work hard and fundraisers? No. Work with your hands. Yeah. Maybe a couple with your jaws. So, John Prime <laughs> is a five-time <laughs> Grammy-winning artist. How many... Grammy-winning artist, do you know that only has one number one song? That's it. Mm. One number one song. Well, I mean, not. All right, to play devil's advocate, do you think Chuck Berry is like that too? You know, I don't know much about Chuck Berry. He only had one say. number one song. Really? And he was, yeah. I know he got some Grammys. And, and that is really impressive. And at the same time, it lets you know how much radio really doesn't play a part in nothing. Uh, do you know what his number one song was? What? If uh, When you hear Chuck Berry, what do you think of? I think of, like, the days of Elvis, right? Are we right. thinking yeah. about the same one, mm-hmm. the black guy? Yeah, Johnny Be Good. Yeah, yeah. You would assume it would be that. Right. That was not his number really? one. Really? Uh, what was his number one song? It was, it was My Ding-a-Ling. 
Oh. Hmm. Uh, do you know that song? I've heard your story about it. <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah. the first song my dad taught me. Yeah. My dangling, everybody sing. <laughs> I'm sure your mom was very proud of that. Yeah, she right? was. Yeah. And my wife is now. <laughs> Did your boys know it? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. They're too young. Because the they would be, coming. they'd be grabbing and singing it nonstop if they do it, if they knew it right now. So, I see. Mm-hmm. well, so John Prine was born 10-10-1946. That's the same uh, date as my sister's birthday. Nineteen forty six? No, ten ten. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Prine was born uh, the son of William. He was a tool and die maker. And his mom, uh, she was a homemaker, both originally from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, which is not very far from where we are right now, to be honest with you. It's a haul, but it's, what, what three hours, maybe four? Yeah, no, it ain't that bad. Like two, Greenville. It's just the other side of Greenville. Maybe two hours, depending on who's driving. Yeah, not me. I slow, I, I'm a slow driver. He was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. In summers, they would go back and forth uh, to a place in Kentucky called Paradise, yep. which is very, it, it goes really well with his name. Mm-hmm. That, that is one song that my, my oldest son knows, yeah, Paradise by John Prine. He knows the you know, Sturgill version. Though. Yeah, that, that was one of the songs that like I wanted to learn to play, and when I did, I played it every chance that I could. Uh, Prine started playing guitar around the age of 14, taught by his brother David. He attended classes at uh, Chicago, um, Old Town School of Folk Music, and graduated (laughs) from Maywood, Illinois, in that area. He was a U.S. Postal Serviceman for five years, Mm -hmm. and then he was drafted into the United States Army during the Vietnam era, Mm -hmm. serving as a vehicle mechanic in West Germany before beginning his career in Chicago with music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lifetime in itself. Yeah. He lived you a, know? he lived a, you know, quite the life. I mean, that that's its own story. And there's a few songs that he wrote about that time. In the late 60s, while Prine was delivering mail, he began singing songs, often first written in his head on the mail route. At an open mic evening at the fifth peg uh in chicago that's where he kind of started playing around with it just to see what people would think you know i'd heard this you know story and that whole you know aspect of his you know come up was just so fascinating yes and it it wasn't full of glitz and glamour no like it is now it never is though so, Brian, uh, he was married three times. His first marriage was to his high school sweetheart in 1966. It lasted until the late 70s. Brian was then married to a bassist uh, from 1984 to 88. That lasted about four years. Brian met his later wife, who became his manager in 1988. She moved from Ireland to Nashville in 1993 they were married in 1996 prine uh and her have two sons together jack and tommy and prine adopted her son 
Jody from the previous relationship. Brian had a home and spent most of the time there. Uh, she did as well in Ireland. Do you know yeah. much about her? I don't know much about her. Yeah. I know a little bit about Ireland. It's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Some of it, I should say. But. That kind of threw me for a loop there. Oh, that yeah. was a lot of information. It was. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. So he's married three times. Yeah. He finally found the right one. She become his manager and all that good stuff. Did you, yeah, read anything about him writing, you know, songs when he was in the army? I did not. Do you have something about that before I get? Because I'm already ready for the '70s. I have a few fun facts. All right, let's hear them. His dad, uh, you know, he asked his dad to send him a guitar. You know, when he was in uh, Germany with the army. <clears throat> with the army, with the army. <laughs> And uh, so, because, you know, he wanted to pass the time with something, you know, productive. He'd been playing since he was 14. So, he asked for a guitar. So, his dad sent one. He spent the majority of his you know, days, you know, playing, uh, writing music, and singing songs for, you know, the people in his regime. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, and then, I think, did you talk about who discovered him? Yes, that, that's what I've got pulled up and ready for. That's so, next, okay. Yeah, it was around 1970. Um, there was a famous person in the crowd, Roger Ebert. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Of uh, Cisco and Ebert fame. Yes, and like I remember those two names growing up. Mm -hmm. But they you don't hear nothing like that critics. No, no. Like there's no... I think they're both dead. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, movie critics is like something that existed then... Now it does not because we have the uh, yeah, tomatoes. Like yeah. The, what's some it little website with some teenager sitting behind a desk. No, it's no, no. It's the, I forget what it's called. How many tomatoes you get, like percentage. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. For some reason, I can't think of the exact name right now. I, I use it before I watch a movie. <laughs> so Roger was the first to write a review on Brian. He said, he appears on stage with such modesty. He almost seems to be backing into the spotlight. He sings rather quietly, and his guitar work is good, but he doesn't show off. He starts slow, but after a song or two, even the drunks in the room begin to listen to his lyrics, and then he has you. After the review was published, Prine's popularity grew massively. He became a central figure in the Chicago folk revival. Mm -hmm. He was offered a one-album deal of covers with a few other originals, and he turned that down because he didn't really think that that project was for him. Did you know Roger Ebert wasn't the only one who you know, discovered him there? Oh, no. Yeah, it goes on. A much bigger name. Yes. It's probably the name that I'm about to say right here. Probably. So, 1971, Christofferson. Is Chris that who you're talking about? Yes, sir. All right. So, Chris once said that uh, Prine's songs were so good that we'll have to break both of his thumbs <laughs> to keep him from writing another right. good song. 
know, and that's, you know, that's high praise coming from him. Yeah. Well, the thing is, do you remember the story about Chris Christopherson trying to land a helicopter in the backyard of Johnny Cash to get his attention? Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. And like, I know Christopherson as a great songwriter, but I can't tell you one song that he had as an artist. Yeah, I don't. Can you? I mean, I know, like, can I, you help me make it through the night? Right. You know, some of those massive songs. I feel like he wasn't really in the industry to be a singer. He wanted to be just a part of a band. He wanted to be a guy who wrote songs for other people. Yeah. I think that that was his goal. Like, I, I don't know if that's you know accurate or not. We need to do an episode on him at, at some point, but um, there's a lot of other people we need to do episodes about, too, but. For sure. Yeah. Around this time, he gets assigned to uh, Atlantic Records the very next day, actually, from that ordeal with uh, Christopherson. Um, then he releases a song that he wrote, Illegal Smile, Sam Stone, Angel from Montgomery, mm-hmm. and Paradise. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's only fitting that we go ahead and play one of those that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Three. Which is um, Angel from Montgomery. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another Child has grown old If dreams were lightning And thunder were desire This old house would have burnt down A long time ago Make me an angel that flies from Montgomery. Make me a poster of an old rodeo. His songs are very similar to Chris Knott. Hell, it's just all storytelling. Oh, yeah, and and it's like 25 years before Chris Knott. Yeah. Maybe 30 ish. You know? Yeah, but the Duke. A big difference between him and Chris Knight and a lot of other people, he sings as if he's somebody else in the songs. Right. Like in that song, he said he was an old woman, and then he says young girl. But that takes an imagination and just a absolute, just you know, creative playground in your head. Oh yeah, and. You know, an imagination that is, like, worthy of singing about. Right. You know, and that's what we're missing, it seems like. I mean, 
I think we're about 50% to where we need to be right now with the newer artists. But there's still some out there releasing goofy songs that don't make sense. I'm going to tell you, you my know? two cents on all that. I think we have a whole lot of songwriters and not enough you know, singer-songwriters. Right, yes. I feel like everybody wants to get a song out there on the radio, so they'll write anything and everything they can to get somebody's attention, whether it doesn't matter how, how stupid it is, how ridiculous it sounds. If it says something clever in it, they think, oh, I have gold. And they put out everything they can possibly think of. And that's fine, except, I mean, pardon my French, but we have a lot of shit music out yes. these days because of that. And it shouldn't take five people to write a song. No. I think your like max should be three. Yeah. Well, Two it three. depends. I mean, it, all that is just... It shouldn't you know, take a lot of people to do one. I can't write you know, music. I could write lyrics, but as far I don't know, I don't know the uh, you know the keys. I don't know the notes. I don't know any of that. But if somebody were like to play them, I could say, you know what? If you put this here and that there, I could do it like that. But I could not tell you what you're playing. Yeah, but when you come to five people in a room, somebody's just there because they owe somebody a favor it's a lot of cooks in, in yeah. one kitchen yeah and uh so let's go back here for a second so after this music was released people basically said this is the next bob dylan mm -hmm. well when bob dylan heard about it he showed up mm -hmm. unannounced to a new york gig yeah. and played harmonica in the background yeah now can you imagine I mean, that's just that's respect right there. That's one of the reasons to, I love Bob Dylan to been in that room. And I'm not a Bob Dylan fan, but I when am. you have those two together, yeah. wow, what a night that would have been. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, since this was on one of his first albums, we're gonna go ahead and play it. This is probably my number one favorite song of John Prine. It is mine too. When I was a child, my family would travel down to western Kentucky where my parents were born. And there's a backwards old town that's often remembered so many times that my memories are worn. And daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County down by the Green River where paradise lay. Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train is all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sometimes we travel right down the Green River To the abandoned old prison 
down by Adri Hill Where the air smell like snakes and we'd shoot with our pistols But empty pop bottles was all we would kill And that song right there will go down in history as one of the greatest songs for Kentucky as well. Yeah. You know, what? what's so funny is like so many people think Nashville is like the capital of country music. I beg to differ. It's eastern Kentucky. I mean, anymore, yeah, you for know? sure. I mean. You got a lot of people who reside in Nashville, but. Yeah, really, I mean, it's. I mean, what songs do people write about Nashville? None. I mean, I, I can name a couple. But they're all generic songs. Oh, yeah. They're, they're talking just, about Broadway. Yeah. Leaving Broadway, Girls Alone. Man, huh. that's, that's your man. But, uh, no. You named so, your dog after him. Listen. All right. I didn't have this song pulled up, but in 1972, <laughs> his album, song. he released uh, about the Vietnam War. Do you know which song I'm talking about? Uh, is the one you got No, no, up? I don't even have this song pulled is up. Is it Sam Stone? No, it is actually uh, Souvenirs. Oh. Well, Sam Stone is about uh, some guys he was in the war with who were addicted to drugs. He wrote yeah. about that in the, in the song Sam Stone. But, yeah. I mean, there's so many songs yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't really know how to put a book together about him. I have a random question. Did you pull up the song called You Don't uh, say, <clears throat> You Don't Have to Have a Flag Decal to, to get or your yeah, flag yeah, decal won't get you into heaven anymore? No, I, I've never you know what I'm heard talking heard about. That one. He oh. wrote it when he was a mailman because the uh, Reader's Digest came out and, like, <laughs> I heard him talk about it, like, at a, you know, writer's round. And uh, he said that everybody who wanted to read the digest got one. And when you're a mailman, it's a little difficult when you got them because they were so small, yeah. they're really thick. So it took up a whole lot of room in your hand. So they're, you know, a little stressful. But at one time, they sent out these little American flag decals, you know, with each magazine. He said you'd see people all around. They'd have one on a bumper sticker. Yeah, you know, one on their back glass, one on the windshield. Yeah. And at the time, because he was extremely liberal. Yeah. Um, everybody was using the American flag as a symbol for whatever you know, thing they were wanting to push. Like I mean, you name anything at that time. And he pointed something out. He said, I hadn't played that song in years until we had a president who started putting every idea he had behind the American flag, and that was his little symbol. So he decided he would come back out with it and start playing it again. And that was you know, Trump, which oh. that was one thing I did not like that he did, but yeah, no oh well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that he said something about Trump in his time. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't. But, I mean, I, I get it now after getting to know him. Right. Um. So... Something happened in 1974, and I was like, how did I not know this? So John Prine and one of his long good friends, Mr. Steve Goodman, they wrote this massive country classic that David Allen Cole recorded, You Never Even Call Me By My Name. 
He talks about in the song. He said, my good buddy so-and-so gave him this song. Steve Goodman. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't know John Prime was a part of it. That's awesome. That is very awesome. <laughs> that, that's like arguably the greatest country song ever written. Yes. Like it says it in the and, name. And John Bryan <laughs> yeah. was part of it. Makes sense. It really does. If you're in Kentucky, there's been a time that you've got a little rowdy with your buddies and sung this to the top of your lungs. <laughs> or went karaoke and yeah. sung it then. Let me, let me, let me, let me. That is <laughs> such a classic. Yeah. That's like the epitome of a classic. So he goes on to release a lot of music between 1979 all the way up to 88 he's doing he, I mean he's doing a lot uh, he releases his own record label um, 1991 he uh, he released his Grammy award winning The Missing Years his uh, first collaboration with uh, just so many people I mean there's just so much about him I, I would hate to say that I can cover it all when I mean 1998, Prine was diagnosed with uh, a type of cancer that was on the right side of his neck. He had major mm. surgery to have it removed, uh, followed by six weeks of radiation therapy. The surgery uh, removed a piece of his neck, several few nerves in his tongue, while the radiation damaged some of his glands. I mean, that's pretty... Extensive. Yeah. And, uh, he even you can had to see go it through on his face later in life. Yeah, yeah, some speech therapy afterwards. I'm sure. I mean, wow. Mm -hmm. In 2001, Prine appeared in a supporting role in the Billy Bob Thornton movie Daddy and Them. Mm -hmm. In spite of ourselves, was played in the credits. So I yeah. guess it's a good time for us to go ahead and play that one. I didn't realize what it was off of, but yeah. I've heard this song for years and love it. She don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks that crossing her legs is funny. She looks down her nose at money. She gets it on like the Easter bunny. She's my baby. I'm her honey. I'm never gonna let her go. Well, he ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. I caught him once and he was sniffing my undies. He ain't real sharp, but he gets things done. Drinks his beer like it's oxygen. But he's my baby and I'm his honey. I'm never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're going to spy. Our nose is right off of our faces. 
There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. <laughs> Fantastic song. It is. It's just so funny. And it's one of those songs like, you know, it's just honest. Yeah. yeah. Said he wrote it, you know, while they were filming and uh he you know gave it to the you know, director or whatever at the end and and uh, he was like, Oh, I gotta use that. So he used it during the credits, I think. But yeah, it was really cool. In two thousand one he also recorded a version of My Kentucky Home. Um, my old Kentucky home. In 2004, he released an album, Beautiful Dreamer, which won a Grammy for Best Traditional Folk Album in 2004. 2005, he released another album. Uh, at this time, Prine's protest, uh, he made ugly remarks towards the human nature of President George W. Bush. So, he he used his voice, but evidently he didn't use it strong enough because I never knew about it. Well, you know, like I I I never pegged him as a big Democrat until I did the research. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the artists are you know big Democrats, and it's because if you're in the industry, you know, the entertainment industry, a lot of actors, yeah, you know, most athletes. Actually, I don't know. Athletes are kind of on the you know, 50-50. You can find you know, just as many conservative as you can find you know, liberal athletes. But when it comes to like you know, movie stars, a lot of times these labels and these um, uh, direction you know, companies like the you know, production companies, that's what I'm yeah. trying to think of, MGM, uh, you know Warner Brothers, all them, they have these higher ups that are all from California. It's all it has to be liberal, otherwise they'll get a ton of complaints. Yeah. So they have to keep it that way. So everybody has to at least act like they're liberal, otherwise. But I think you know John Prine was extremely sincere in it. But I think, especially around here, when you hear somebody's liberal. It kind of gives people like a you know, bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be overdone for sure, just like you know being too conservative can be overdone. But it's it's just all a part of where you have yourself in your life, where you put yourself in your life. He grew up in a you know, very modest beginning, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, suburbs of you know, Chicago, obviously, you know, his surroundings were a certain way. In Kentucky, they would have been completely different, but. Yeah, he could have been different. No, he was around. He, he could have been oh, a completely yeah. different artist. He could have. You know? So, I'm glad he grew up the way he did, because otherwise we wouldn't have had John Prime the way he was. Um, Yeah. 2013, so. cancer strikes again in his left lung. After surgery, a physical therapist put him through an unusual workout to build up his stamina. Prine was required to run up and down his house stairs, grab his guitar while still out of breath, sing two songs. Six months later, he was touring again. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's pretty good to be that old. And the physical therapist knew what he was doing. 
for sure. <laughs> 2016, he wins a Pen Song Lyric Award. See that on there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that was. Like, I hadn't researched it, but anytime that you win a an award, you got to mention it. And I don't know if that stood for something else. It looks <laughs> like, like from the way I'm reading it, it looks like, yeah, Penis Song. <laughs> <laughs> there's no telling with him. Yeah, no, there's not. Because he wrote about everything. <laughs> 2017, uh, they opened a, an exhibit at the Country Music Hall of Fame, which featured a pair of his cowboy boots and jacket that Prine often wore on stage, his personal guitar, some original handwritten lyrics to Angel from Montgomery, the American Country Classic of 2016 showcased artist. Um uh, that would have been neat to see. Mm-hmm. The last song Prine recorded right before he died was I Remember Everything, released on June 20th, 2020. Uh, they also had a music video for it. It was released following a two-hour special tribute show, mm-hmm. a tribute celebrating John Prine. I remember that. It aired June the 11th, 2020. It featured Sturgill Simpson, Vince Gill... Jason Isabel, Casey Musgraves, Bonnie Rabbit, Eric Bonnie Church. Rabbit. Bonnie Rabbit. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Eric Church, Brandy Carlisle, and other artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first nights of the 2020 Democratic National Convention, Brian also sung I Remember Everything was the soundtrack to the COVID-19 memorial video. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to his tragic death, mm-hmm. March nineteenth, twenty twenty. Um, it looks like they did rule it as COVID nineteen. Yeah, that was rules as COVID took him from us. That's when he got it. He died on April seventh, though I believe. That's so wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that song I remember everything was his first number one hit. Yeah, it was blast. Yeah. It, his last record was his most successful. That's unbelievable, considering he was 73, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but before we get to the, the other facts that we have, we have two songs left that we're going to play. Mm-hmm. This one right here, That's the Way That the World Goes Round. Have you heard uh, Miranda Lambert's version of this? I have not. It's pretty decent, mm-hmm. but uh, this is John Prine's version. I know a guy that's got a lot to lose. He's a pretty nice fella. Kind of confused, got muscles in his head, ain't never been used, thinks he owns half of this town. Started drinking heavy, got a big red nose, beat his old lady with a rubber hose, then he took her out to dinner, bought her new clothes, it's the way that the world goes round. That's the way that the world goes round, you up one day, the next you down, it's a half an inch of water, you think you're gonna drown. That's the way that the world goes around. Just a simple song about so, simple things. Yeah, he's so clever with it, though. I mean, wow. Did you ever see him live? No, you never didn't. did. This is Please Don't Bury Me. Mm-hmm. Woke up this morning, put on my slippers. I walked in the kitchen and died. And oh, what a feeling 
when my soul went through the city and on up into heaven I did ride. I love this song. When I got there, they did say, John, it happened this way. You slipped upon the floor and hit your head. And all the angels say, just before you passed away, that these were the very last words that you said. Please don't bury me down in the cold, cold ground. No, I'd rather have them cut me up and pass me all around. Throw my brain in a hurricane, the blind can have my eyes and the deaf to take. Oh, the my ears if they don't mind the size. I mean, how clever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I love it. Just the wording in it. He's like, I'm a, you know, organ donor is basically what he's saying. Yeah, and <laughs> did you do you know the details about what they did with him? Uh, I, I, I thought that they followed his instructions, what he said in Paradise. At Which, least some yeah, of it. Yep. Yeah. Which was, um, he was cremated. Half of his ashes was put in the Green River mm-hmm. in Kentucky. The mm-hmm. other half was in Chicago with his parents. When I die, send my ashes on up the Green River. Yeah. Yeah. He has been referred to as the Mark Twain of songwriting. Johnny Cash, in his autobiography, he wrote, I don't listen to much music at the farm unless I'm going into songwriting mode and looking for inspiration. Then I'll put on something by the writers that I admire for years, which one of them was John Prine and Steve Goodman, Mm -hmm. which was one of his... and, And there was a long story of... John Goodman and John Prine. They were like best friends. Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman. John Goodman yes. was, that, yeah. was the big actor. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're so fucking good at Gosh, making me sound stupid. All the way through. I'm just saying. Damn it. I know. And, you're, and you're if you guys me. were actually watching our setup, we're like two damn inches apart. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to hold a computer. Mouse, he's doing really I don't good. have nowhere to he's, put it. He's juggling pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But it's you just sit there and look pretty. Yeah. And correct me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so Brian's influences. He he influenced so many artists. I mean, I'm not even an artist, right. and he influenced me. When I heard Paradise, mm-hmm. I was like, "How could you write a song better than that?" I have a four year old that he's already influenced. See what I mean? Yeah. That that still doesn't even know. What who he really is? Right, no. You know, actually, he's never even heard the John Prime you know, version. He's heard Sturgill's. I mean, if we were to even try to tackle the list of people, it would be like yeah. Brandy Carlisle, Sturgill Simpson, Casey Musgraves, Margot Price, mm-hmm. Tyler Childers. Oh, yeah. So many people. The list is hundreds long. I mean, it is just insane. So, I, what what would you rate him? Well, before I rate him, I found a whole bunch of random facts okay. about him in multiple places. And I thought, you know what? I'll yeah, tell it on here. I think they're pretty interesting. So when he was writing songs a lot and he was in you know, <clears throat> Nashville, he wrote songs on Tuesdays. Do you know why he wrote on Tuesdays? Why? Wow. It was meatloaf day. <laughs> so he got like a deal somewhere? <laughs> no, he loved meatloaf. meatloaf. So on meatloaf day, they would all go in. And they would write all kinds of, you know, songs in the morning. They would go eat their meatloaf, 
And then when we got back in the afternoon, they would record the songs. Huh. I thought that was pretty cool. That is. There's that. He loved uh, Christmas. Okay. Loved it. At times when he was single in his life, he left Christmas lights up on his house all year round. Always one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. And it, he loved the way that it you know, brought uh, families together and it made you appreciate the people you have around you. He loved that aspect of it. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so he always, he was kind of seen as a hoarder. He had a ton of stuff that he just collected over the years that he had. He, he would never throw anything away. Hmm. Like he, and I'm sure he had a lot of stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, probably. But uh, so he was kind of seen as a bit of a hoarder, but everywhere he went, he carried you know, two things for sure. He had a, you know, <clears throat> a little kazoo. Oh, really? He had in his bag, and it was on the majority of his albums. Huh. If you hear a kazoo, it's because his wife, once upon a time, got him a kazoo. On his last out, you know, full album that he did, everybody in his band ended up getting a kazoo to have on them. Just because the way he used it, it was just kind of you know, neat, yeah. and they all took that as like, oh, I, I should do that too, because John Prine does it. Yeah. <laughs> but... And the other thing that he always carried with him was a little toy motorcycle with a little, little man sitting on the back of it, which is kind of weird. My boy's got one. He said at the time when he first learned to walk, he got a motorcycle toy that had a little boy, you know, man on the back of it. Yeah. And he loved it just because of the man. He wasn't sure why he didn't really care about the motorcycle, but he never threw the motorcycle away because it belonged to the man. <laughs> What? Uh, <laughs> really, okay. But you got to be a little crazy if you're as, as talented as him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah. I understand totally, but it was kind of wild. He loved the Archie, you know, comics. Yeah. He got them in the mail every month when they came out. Wow. He got them in the mail every time. Loved them. Um, the yeah. last little piece of information I have is he was the first ever performer at the Library of Congress. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Of all the people it could have been, it was him. Wow. Yeah. And there's been a lot since then. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, what would you rate John Prine? Um, You can't go any lower than a five. No. I don't know that you could do anything else with your career. No. No. He's what you think of when you think of songwriter. Yeah. For sure. And he is one of the artists, in my opinion, that st- that really stand the test of time when people say, you know, and I'm trying to think of how to say this to where it makes sense. But, like, number one, you can have 18 number one songs. That just means that you've done what the record label said, you got along with everybody at radio, and you have a pretty good amount of fans who called in and made it happen. But I'm telling you right now, John Prine has fans that will outlive his music 50-plus hundred years. And it may have not been a number one song, but I guarantee you there's people that have more memories with songs that he had than any Red Solo Cup. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, when... We talk about songs that actually mean something, mm-hmm. you know? I'm just kind of afraid some of those songs are going away. 
They are. Because you have people who don't appreciate them. Yeah. Like they should. Because they have songs like, you know, Red Solo Cups, a good example. Yeah. Um, Filling up the catalog. Mm-hmm. You know? Of garbage. Yeah. Literally. You know? Straight garbage. And something else. And I know we hadn't brought this up yet, but. As soon as Chris Stapleton sung the national anthem, I seen all the praises from everywhere on Facebook. Yeah. And then first thing this morning, a news station in Florida shared, put a heart if you loved it, put a like if you thought that somebody else could have done it better. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Like, does it get any better? No, I don't you think it does, mean? because he did it such justice because he didn't want to you know, blow it out of proportion. Yeah. He kept it... Honest and real. He kept it you know, very respectable. Yeah. It's, he didn't and blow raw. it up to show it, you know, show everybody how, how good of a voice he had. Oh, because he could have done better. <laughs> he could have he yeah. sung that song for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hit every note on the yeah. way. but Backwards. Yeah. He, yeah. he didn't. He sung it so pure, yeah. raw, respectable... Man, I, like, there's no part of that that I did not love. Yeah. There are, yeah, coaches on the field crying. Yeah, I've seen the, that. Yeah, that was. I thought it, I thought that it was a really good night for country music to shine. I mean, if you're yeah. going to pick anybody, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. You so what did you think about Rihanna? Did you see that? I did. I seen, like, a couple of them. I thought maybe, she, is she pregnant? She is. That okay. was the only thing that really worried me. I was afraid she was going to do that stanky leg one more time, and that yeah. baby is going to pop off and go on her first little bungee cord ride. who is she married to? ASAP Rocky. You stepped on my joke. Oh. But it's whatever. It's fine. It's cool, Ryan. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I, I just I didn't know who she was married to. ASAP Rocky. You know who it is? No. Okay. Why'd you ask me? <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. I don't know who she's married to. Yeah. You know? She just had a baby, so this... Yeah. She works pretty quick. Well, but yeah, she's now she's done it before, right? No, the Super Bowl. She might have helped somebody, but she's never done it on her oh, own. Oh, like she's the never whole been show the show. To her. Yeah, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's one of the wild things. You don't get paid when you're the performer at the Super Bowl. You don't actually. You have it all comes out of your pocket. Yeah, but like anybody that's ever done it, didn't care if they got paid. No, it's you know? exposure to people that they wouldn't already have exposure to. So, but you know, I did see where like the football players, they the the winners get a check for a hundred eighty some thousand. Mm-hmm. The losers get a check for eighty thousand. Yeah, I mean, like it's a win win. Yeah, and like yeah. there's only like a hundred and twenty footballs that are made uh, that the team gets to take mm-hmm. with them. And, yeah. like, the trophy, if you melted it down, it's worth, like, $50,000. Yeah, they... It's pretty wild. If you're on a practice squad, which means you never even have to touch the field during the Super Bowl, you get a Super Bowl ring if you're on the winning team. Isn't that something? There are two guys who went to the University of Kentucky. One of them's a rookie this year. He was really good in college, but, you know, pro's a whole different animal. Yeah. But he's you know, still really good. He's on the practice squad. He got a ring. So he didn't have to wait very long to get his ring, which is that really, is it's really and, cool. But and I seen the mom who had two sons playing yeah, on one on each team. Yes, yeah, that, that and then wild. we cannot end without talking about um, Mr. Is it Hamilton, the one that got injured? 
Damar Hamlin. Okay. Yeah, Damar yeah. Hamlin. I seen where some stuff is surfacing, where about his his jacket. His jacket. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, and like, I don't take it offensive because, like, here's the thing: like, I don't know his relationship with God. He may be closer to God than than I right, am. Right. You know, it could have just been an artsy way. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that he's like trying to make Jesus look horrible. Mm-hmm. But then again, he's on the cross, so Jesus did look horrible when he was on the cross. He That's was where beaten he died for our sins. At, yeah, uh, I mean, so like, what I'm are not, they expecting? I'm not gonna hold that against him because it was you know the moment where his heart stopped on the field that brought so many people close together, and they all prayed for him. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day. I don't know whether or not he should have wore that jacket that had that little symbol on it. Yeah. But I'm not going to hold it against him. I don't know his heart. I don't know where he stands. I don't know none of yeah. that. But I'll say that I'll give him, you know, the shadow of the doubt that, you know, he wasn't trying to offend anybody. Did you see any of the commercials? None. That's like, you know, the huge you know, thing. I didn't watch it live. I know you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought the big winner or the big spender actually was uh, Jesus. Oh yeah. Like yeah. They were a few commercials I, I heard about they were Jesus. pretty good. Yeah. And that's something you I don't remember ever seeing that. Like I yeah, you know, maybe once in the past you see something, you know, like for Jesus, but this was this was a new it was a whole new territory for me. I'd never seen that. But yeah. yeah. And Jesus had a commercial, so I'm all for that. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I don't have anything else to say. I don't either. I guess. All right, right, folks. Remember to like, share, rate, review, follow. Tell your friends, neighbors, everybody. Um, We appreciate y'all listening and catching us on TikTok. If there's an artist you would like to, you know, hear us highlight or spotlight, uh, please let us know on our Facebook uh, group page of the Country Music Critic. Thank you very much, folks. God bless. Stay safe. Hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all of them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.